It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to right. the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. Uh, ben, Cody, I got you both on the line. Um, yeah. All right, um, let's just jump right into it. The uh, first thing on our list for tonight is Champions League, CCL. Um, Cody, can you give us a rundown of what happened? Yeah, that was uh, not a pretty match. I think they'll be happy to take the point and forget about it. Um, I think they got drawn into a lot of, you know, bad habits and got away from some of the things that make them so good. Um, Kloros with, you know, the unlucky own goal. I think Kempen actually made, had a pretty good effort to stop the original, um, shot, but I mean, yeah, that was just an unlucky goal for Kloros and Sporting. Um, and then our goal... That was a great effort from um, from Davale. Uh, we, you know, hadn't before Benny Fellhaber's set piece a couple of weeks ago. We haven't really gotten to see a whole lot of scoring on that, so that was nice to see such a such a clean shot from him. I didn't like his Dwayne Bow point at the back of the name on his jersey. I didn't like that one bit, but 
but it was a great effort. Um, 42 fouls, probably could have been more, but, I mean, it just got so scrappy there for a while that I think the ref was just basically flipping a coin on all 50-50s because everyone was going in so hard. But, yeah, like I said, I think think they'll take the points and just try to take care of business at home. So Ben, how do you, how did you rate uh, Sporting's performance down there in Nicaragua? Well, I, I, I keep going back and forth on that. Uh, when I was watching it, I was frustrated, and I kept thinking, um, "Oh, SLE's just bunkering and fouling and hacking." And I'm looking back and thinking, "Oh wait, this is how all MLS teams think of us when we play a tough physical game." Um, there were some moments where they really did not look good, and one of the things that I really noticed was uh, there was the Dovale goal, and there was that um, Claro shot in the second half, which was blocked, but really Sporting did not put a lot of chances on goal. Their offense was really lacking, um, and that really didn't change much when Dwyer came in. Um, and I think some of it has to do with formation. They were playing. They kind of had. They they were playing a four-two-three-one, so they were a little bit back, and they had only the one target forward instead of their normal four-three-three. But compared to what they were able to do last year, it seemed like they were really struggling to get some offense going. And in the last ten minutes, they were really on their heels. I was really nervous that if Philly was going to get a winner, and they yeah. almost did a couple of times. And they almost said a couple times. So overall, I was I wasn't necessarily pleased with the performance. I'm glad that they got a draw, but now this means to me that they have to flip the results from last year, and now they have to get that win at home instead of drawing at home. Yeah, I think they're I think they're um, looking at this group stage differently than last year. I was at the Estelle game last year, and you know it was far from our one of our tougher lineups and I think that'll change now especially after the draw we got with this one um but yeah I was I was uh look at the stats before that I didn't even realize man they had Astilly had 11 shots versus R4 and that yeah that's that's worse than I had even like pictured watching it mm-hmm, definitely the offense was definitely disjointed a bit and I don't know if it was the the two defensive mids essentially with Olam and Claros both in there um, or, you know, because it was kind of more of a 4-2-3-1 like Ben said or, um, you know, the long trip and Vermees pointed that, um, that the artificial turf down there, they had uh, extra amount of rubber in there so that it was uh, kind of deadening their legs for sporting has to play that high speed, high pressure, high-intensity kind of game. Otherwise, they really don't know what to do. Yeah, that's like running in sand. Yeah, it's kind of similar to what happened to them a couple, three years ago in, I think it was Portland. Um, They had new turf and extra rubber down, and everybody just died out after, you know, like 60 minutes or something. Right. so you know, there's a lot, lots of factors to it, but it just came down to I don't think they had their best performance. They could have taken the they could have taken the three points, you know, if, basically if Claros didn't run that ball back into the net after Kempin made the save. <laughs> yeah, and not blaming Claros, he was running back, he was coming back, he was doing what he was supposed to. It was the 
it, one of the phrases that I hate most in soccer, unlucky, because, you know, people say that for, right. oh, you missed, your, you missed your shot. It was unlucky. No, you missed your shot, okay? <laughs> uh, but that really was unlucky. That's one of those things that I mean, the the most you could have said Sporting could have done different is Kimping could have held on to the ball or deflected it another way, but that's well. I say when I say when I say unlucky for us, I mean it was lucky for them that they got that goal. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> they no, didn't no, no, yeah, not, deserve that goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying what you say. It's it's one of those things I hear coaches right. say all the time, from yeah. you know from the pro ranks down to the the U6 you know kindergartners. Um, oh, that was unlucky. No, they just missed, dude. <laughs> Sorry, coach. Um, right. That this is really one of those things which was unlucky. It was just a bad bounce that went the wrong way and went back in the net. Otherwise, they walk away with, um, you know, having played a more defensive game. They get the three points and everybody's happy. Yeah, it makes me wonder what the what the game in Costa Rica is going to look like if this one was that ugly. Yeah. Well, in that's the shame of it is if they'd have won that and won the two at home, they could have sent, you know, the academy to yeah. Costa Rica and not cared. Right. Um, but now they need those points. They might need a point out of that game. I mean, that, that, that remains to be seen, but they might need a point out of that game at the end. Yeah. What, um, when are those, the, the next two are home, right? We get to play both of them at home next. Yeah. yeah, and then within so, like five days of each other. Oh, it is okay. So, is it is it gonna? Are we gonna be able to put quality lineups out there? Or are they gonna have to hold back for the MLS games the weekend? There's no game in between them. So, uh, if okay. I remember right, it's the 18th and the 23rd, uh, and I don't think there's any MLS game in between them. Oh, okay. I think a lot will depend on um, the results of the. Esteli Saprisa game in Costa Rica. Um, I know that game is. Bef- I can't remember the exact date. I know it's before um, when we play Saprisa. So we want to play their third game before we play our second. So uh, let me try and find that date real quick. I think it's next week even. Um, so a lot will depend on that game. If Esteli can be um, total bros and go in and get a result in. Esteli, or in Costa Rica, keep Saprisa with two points in two matches. That would be huge for Sporting. Then they could um, I thought, earn some I thought, um, so So the draw that the the two teams had was in was in Nicaragua, not Costa Rica? Yeah. I thought, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I thought, man, okay, okay. Yeah, no, it, so, uh, it, it was really widely tweeted that uh, Esteli got the point at Saprisa. It was the other way around. Oh, uh, uh, is that why? Okay. Yeah, I totally blew it off at first, too, when uh, everybody was saying, oh, yeah, Esteli got the point at Saprisa. Well, no, it was it was the other way around. I mean, I just I wasn't looking at the schedule initially when everybody said that, too. I was like, hey, that's great. Uh, yeah. no, it, it's still, it's still well, good that, that Esteli got the point at Saprisa now, but... Yeah, well, that game is August 26th, so Tuesday um, oh, is okay. when Saprice and Esteli play. So that'll be um, a game to follow along with. Hopefully, Esteli, if they can go in and get a point, they still don't have the table at three points, but that makes it a lot easier for Sporting to take care of business at home against those two teams and 
get that um, group clinched. Because a lot of people are worried about um, advancing to the next round. With the way Esteli's playing, and they're a lot, I don't think that they could win the group, but I think that they can do enough to damage people's hopes to the group. I could see either Sporting or Supreme winning this group because they, um, uh, because Esteli played the Heartbreaker. Yeah, so, yeah, the, yeah, played Bruner for the other team, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping if Sally goes in and gets a draw um, on Tuesday. That'd be nice. Yeah, they either Sally could not only you know ruin somebody's chances, but what they were doing is also uh, making whoever moves on finish it with a lower point total and getting a worse seed in the next round, which is what happened to Sally last year. With yeah. two draws and two wins, if they'd have won three or four of those games, which they were very capable of doing, they would have had a better draw. We wouldn't have been facing Cruz Azul in the first round. Yeah, yeah. kind of got watching this year with that. Well, uh, yeah, watching watching all those other games last year, I'd, or at the beginning of this season, I guess I should say. I couldn't. I couldn't help but think that if we had any of those other teams besides um, besides Cruz Azul, I think I think we may have advanced to the next round. Yeah, definitely. Even T, even San Jose was putting up a really good fight against Tijuana, and I'm looking at right. that match. San Jose played really well, and I'm thinking Sporting KC could have put up just as good of a fight against Tijuana, and maybe could have advanced against the one seed. So I think we got a really tough draw with Cruz Azul last year. If we advance to next year, hopefully we get a better seed. Maybe play Alejandro's or um, or no, never mind. They're in the same group as Azul, um, but uh, maybe may a. Uh, another Costa Rican team or um, a non-Mexican team or one of the weaker Mexican teams um, that comes out of the group. So it, it really all depends on it all depends on seeding. And uh, this game did kind of hurt, but um, it, there's still three matches left to get a bunch of points. Yeah, and and I think you know if we can if we could get maybe a second-tier team in that first round of the knockout stage and just get us, like, you know, two or, you know, two, three weeks into the season and get our legs underneath us, I think we I think we could probably hang with, um, you know, any of the Mexican squads. And, and thinking about it, Sporting was one half away from advancing. They were up um, on right. a anyway, goal rule. And in that game, they didn't have Sestanova. Kevin Ellis was playing left back. Um, they, were, they were getting destroyed on the wing. You put a full-strength defense back there. I'm wondering how that game changes. Maybe it's not as much of a blowout. Right, right, definitely. Yep. And and I like uh, Cody's point about just getting a couple weeks farther into the season instead of being right yeah. at the beginning. A little more match fitness, a little more cohesion with having played real games. Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know that we could have ever matched up against Cruz Azul. They were just firing on all cylinders last year, or well, this year, right. the last part of their last season. Um, they were just firing on all cylinders. They were good. I don't know that we could have matched up with them, but we could have taken a lot of other teams a lot, a lot deeper, a lot harder, a lot closer at least. Definitely. Holy. All right. Um, anything else about the CCL? I mean, any other little points? Uh, how did Gimpin do? 
Oh, I, I like it. Kind of, yeah. No I, for I, it, thought, man. I thought Kemp played uh, pretty well. He had a couple of nice saves, and the goal wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, he, he made the save. Unlucky bounce. We already discussed that. But he had a couple of other nice saves. He seems to be comfortable with the defense, and I was worried that they were going to go with more of a makeshift defense than what they did. I was actually surprised at how um, strong of a defense they put out there. They put out basically their starting back five, except for Ellis. Um, and so I'm. He, he looks comfortable with his defense. He looks like he's able to uh, call out the center backs, and he's able to be on the ball and make passes. And he he looked he he looked good. Um, all right, let's move on. We uh preview of the as uh somebody else called it, the nation's capital visiting the soccer capital. DC United <laughs> at sporting tomorrow. Um what kind of lineup do you think we're gonna see out of D C there, Ben? Well, um after talking with our friends, our estimation buddies over at black and red united dot com, um it looks like they're gonna be going with um a uh, four a four four two um, attacking formation, and with Eddie Johnson now, they're going to have to um, move around the attack a bit. But it looks like on their back four, it's going to be uh, Ken Beerlum, Boswell, and Franklin. So basically normal. Um, Kitchen and Arno in the midfield, um, playing playing in the center. Rolf and DeWitt and DeLeon on the wings. And then Espindola, who's just been fantastic for DC United this year. He's going to be up top, and then Silva is likely to take over Eddie Johnson's position. Now, they've been pretty lethal on the attack, and they're, they're very capable of putting up three, two, three goals against the team, even without Johnson, who um, has been producing as much as they had hoped. So this is going to be a pretty strong DC lineup. Yeah, for for me, the the that combo of Luis Silva and um, Spindola that that is very dangerous. And you know, the last couple of weeks, every game I look at, I can't help but like it. All, I always go back to you know the Igor Julio matchup on just you know if if he can not let them get behind him, you know, more than a couple times. That's that seems to always be the the key matchup for me. Yeah, yeah he, uh, it would be interesting to see if he's starting tomorrow. I'd imagine he will be, but uh, I would not also be surprised if we see Ellis uh, back there. Um, Ellis doesn't have the some of the upside, but he also doesn't have a lot of the downside too. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather have. I don't know, Ellis. Actually, going back to CCL a bit, Ellis really did not play well against Testelli. Um he, he had a couple of really bad uh, misses. So I re- and yes, for, yes, he did. So if we're gonna have a, a guy with like the Leon back there on the wing, I'd rather have to know that if he can do what he did to Oduro um, last weekend, that. That'd be cool with me. And I, I think Sinovic will be able to do that. I know he played the midweek match, but they do get an extra day off. They didn't play Wednesday, they played Tuesday. So that five days in between games, I, I realize it's the turf and the travel and all that, but that extra day should help. Yeah, I mean, we're sporting fit, right? I think I think Peter's, I think Peter will have him ready, so... 
Sinovic yeah. and all the guys should be good. But, I mean, that is a point that should probably be mentioned, you know, Ben, in your uh, three questions with with them. It said I didn't realize that they pretty much did sit, like, absolutely everybody for their, their midweek mm-hmm. game. So they will be rested. But, like I said, I don't think I don't think we'll be affected too much. Yeah. Yeah, and this is going to end up being one of the more important games of the season. D.C. is only two points behind Sporting Kansas City with a game in hand. A win by D.C. puts them not only on top of the East, but on top of the Sporter Shield, depending on what happens. Or it could, depending on what happens in the Dallas. It's all late game that's going on right now. But a Sporting win puts them five points ahead of D.C., so even if they were to win the next that game in hand, Sporting would still be ahead. So it's a very important game for both teams. And I think it's only going to be magnified when they play for the third time um, in October. But this is a game that can really start to set the home stretch for I don't want to be seen. A win here would be very, very big for Sporting. Yeah, and Peter was uh, Peter was refusing to acknowledge like any importance of it. <laughs> he was he just kept saying his like old line of that it's important because it's the next game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just coach speak. Um, but, yeah, every game is important, but when you have the opportunity to put some distance between um, yourself and the second-place team, that makes it a – with 10 matches to go, that makes it a pretty important match. Yeah. One thing with Peter, when he does coach speak, I think there's a certain amount of it that he really, truly does believe that, you know, he looks at the – he, he preaches the next roll of the ball, the next 45 minutes, the next half. You know, it's very much you look at the just the next thing that you can influence the most, and there's nothing he can do about the fact that DC's a game in hand and two points back. He's looking at it as this is the next game that I have to go out and win. Um, and so he's going to put out the best lineup he can to win this game. Now, I, obviously, when you, you're talking about you know, multiple games and multiple competitions. Sometimes you have to say, okay, I need to win the most amount of games I can out of this. I have to arrest this guy, move this guy around, and do this and that. But he, a lot of that coach speak that he says, I think he truly lives that. It, that is the next, it is the next game, and whether it was D.C. or Toronto or whoever, he's going out to win that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, and um, what are we? Are we going to see this uh, continued mind-blowing streak of, you know, 20, what is it, 27 different um, starting lineups in a row? Sad, you're the guy with all the inside info. I do not know what the lineup will be tomorrow. Um, What little I saw this week because of them being out of town wouldn't lead me to actually know what the lineup was going to be for sure. Sometimes you can read into what you see through the week, even though – he, a lot of times Peter won't tell the players that when they're starting. It's sometimes fairly obvious if you watch the practice through the week. Um, yeah. Because of the 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 midweek game, the travel kind of shortened practices. I didn't get can't really tell for sure. Right, um, I guess so. But it, considering there's been three goalies, I mean that changes the lineup for you know a big chunk of it anyway. So. <laughs> it's very possible we could see a slightly different lineup than the, any of the ones they played at this point. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet against it. Yeah, well, well, right. I think one of the big things. Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, what were you going to say, Ben? 
Oh, um, I, I was just going to say, I think a lot of uh, a, a lot of the potential for a different lineup depends on who Peter picks for the um, three uh, forward spots and if he decides to go Ellis or Sinovic. If he decides to go Sinovic, I'll have to check back and um, see what kind of lineup he put out last week. But I think there's a pretty good chance that we'll see a different lineup. Man, I just, I seriously, I cannot believe that that is still going. That's insane to me. Mm-hmm. Especially with, like, a Peter Vermees squad, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I know in, in past years, once he once he got it, once he got settled on his lineup, he pretty much knew what his lineup was going to be unless there was an injury. Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody got sick, somebody got hurt, that's the change. Otherwise, he, he went with the lineup, um... I think two years ago um, that hurt them a little bit going into the playoffs when, uh, you know, after they'd won the Open Cup, they still maintained the same lineup throughout. And by the time they got to the playoffs, their their body were a little pretty tired. Last year he managed it a little bit better with changing people up. Yeah. And this year, lots of changes. Definitely. You look at the consistencies from last year to all the inconsistencies from this year. Um, and if it was any other year, if D.C. was not having the turnaround that they were having, Vermees would be a shoo-in for Coach of the Year. But at this point, it's probably going to go to Olsen, barring a huge collapse from United. I think it depends on where we finish. If they uh, finish at the top of the supporter field... It'll probably end up going to the Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, six years, and this is six feet, and, and he hasn't won it yet. So, I think he deserves it at least once. Agree. All right. Any other uh, thoughts on sporting DC tomorrow? Um, well, I mean, what do you guys, what's your guys' prediction? I'm, I think, glad that the last time, I mean, I think we played them pretty well at their place with a depleted lineup, and they only won because of that, like, in r- ridiculous Espindola cross that, you know, froze Kronberg and went into the net. Um, I think, you know, that is with, with that matchup last time and then Dom Dwyer feeling the ball go in the net again last week. I don't know. I think I think we're I think how about how about two to nothing tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go kinda of similar to that. I think we go two to one in favor of sporting K C just because D C pretty good on offense. Spindle has been awesome for them this year, and our defense is a bit tired, so I think that they score at least one, but I'll go with the 2-1 victory. I want to I want to see the Tiny Pumas' first career shutout is what I'm hoping for. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would like to see it also, but I think a 2-1 with a own goal by Colin. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Because I want to see Kimping get in Colin's face and chew his ass. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm definitely excited for this because they're going to be pumped because the crowd will be pumped. And last week they, man, I, I just re- I rewatched that Toronto game again last night and 
they were just playing with like a swag. Like people were kind of dancing around the ball. Zuzi was taking every single person on that he could. I don't know. It was it was looking good. I'm I'm definitely excited for this tomorrow. Yeah, it's the thing is when sporting is on, uh, people can whine about how physical they are, but they are a pretty team to watch. Um, when they're not, they can be a fairly ugly team to watch. So, yeah. Um, all right, well, moving on, uh, tomorrow Sporting plays D.C., but in reality, that's just part of a Kansas City soccer doubleheader. FC Kansas City hosts Portland Thorns at noon at uh, Derwood Stadium on uh, UMKC. Um, first first round of the playoffs with semifinals, I guess. Um, any thoughts out there? <laughs> well, I mean, are we? What do we? Do we have an answer for the the ferocious Alex Morgan? <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Alex Morgan hasn't been as ferocious this year. I mean, she certainly draws defenders away, and she's certainly always a threat to score. But showing up on the stat sheet, she really hasn't scored that much. She doesn't have as many assists. What she really does is kind of. Um, w- she really she draws defenders away in the defense, which allows uh, some of the other um, Portland offensive targets to uh, score. And the way Portland has been playing lately, um, they've been they they had to, they had to rally to get into the playoffs in the first place, and they did it with a 1-0 win against Seattle this past weekend. So they're definitely coming in on a momentum streak. I'll be very interested to see which team from both sides shows up. Because in Kansas City, they played three matches against each other this season. In Kansas City, FC Kansas City won one nothing in that game. Very low scoring, very tight, defensive struggle, very good game for FC Kansas City. However, in the two games in Portland, FC Kansas City has been outscored 10-3. to um, So it, it's going to be a bit, very interesting to see what kind of offenses these two teams are bringing, um, and how well their defenses are going to play. Um, I I honestly don't know what to expect from this game tomorrow. FC Kansas City is rested. They've had a week and a half since their last game. Um, Portland's got a week game. Uh, has had a week since their last game. Um, they're both. Both had stars that played in the friendly against Switzerland for the for the national team. Alex Morgan played for Portland. Um, Holiday, Tower Brennan, and Rodriguez played for FC Kansas City. So, well, Aaron didn't play. Or yeah, but she was called up. She was called up. She didn't play. Uh, Holiday played a good chunk of the game. Sauerbrunn played a half. Uh, Morgan played a couple, like two thirds of the game, and. Uh, Allie Long for Portland came in to replace, I think, Holiday. Mm-hmm. But it could be. So, yeah. But given just the the stark differences in all three games that we've seen between these teams this season and all the different factors going in, it makes this a very unpredictable match. Well, just trying to break down those matches a little bit. The first game, FCKC at Portland, um, they lost 3-1. If I remember right, and I could be wrong, but I think that was the the match where they had some 
horrendous travel getting there. Um, mm-hmm. Their flight got canceled. They had to they had to do something like fly to Arizona, to fly to San Diego, to fly to San Francisco, to fly to Portland, or something really strange like that. And actually, I think some, somewhere along the line, they even rented cars to drive to a different airport. I mean, it was something ridiculous <laughs> as far as tra- you know, planes, trains, mm-hmm. and automobiles, kind of horrendous travel. Not that that excuses a loss, but um, they just—it was not the best time getting there. And yeah. I'm trying to remember, I think there was a couple injuries that they were playing with because they were shorthanded at the time. Um, a lot of their players weren't ready. I mean, like on the bench, they had Megan Kelly, Nia Williams, which was never going to play unless there's something really bad happening. Um, the last match in Portland, when they, they got outscored a ton, um, it was... Let's see, uh, Coach Vlaco Andonovsky for FC Kansas City was trying an experiment that failed badly, obviously. They, um, he tried a, he tried a 4-4-2 that where he basically offset one of the, the midfielders to try to apply, basically overload one side of the field. And Portland basically played it like a, a concert piano and and unbalanced it the other way and was able to take everything down one side and they weren't able to compensate fast enough. Yeah. So it was a little bit of experiment and I asked, I asked Waka what, what his biggest mistake all year was and he said that particular game. He goes, I set up, I had a bad lineup, I set it up badly, I completely botched it. Uh, I think he said some other kind of uh, Macedonian word there, but... <laughs> he 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 completely admitted that he screwed it up and he didn't fix it in the game correctly. But even in that, there was a point where it was like two one and it was a kind of an either or game, and then they got a couple fast goals and boom, it was just out of reach. The the game here was a totally different story. I think they dominated FCKC dominated it like a sixty forty type of thing, and just outplayed them throughout it. And we got to see Alex Morgan whine quite a bit about not getting enough service and stuff. Although she got more dangerous as the game went on. Yeah. And so, well, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of giving Alex Morgan just a little bit of space that she needs. Now, our defense is solid. They they don't give up very many goals. And if they can put it in a performance like they did against Portland in that game at home, it'll help... I think it'll help a lot. Or, who who is going? What's what's the lineup look like? Does does Morgan Marbury start every time? No. Um, no. No. In fact, he's only started when they've had injuries or um, call ups. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I didn't. That's, I didn't think she did, but I saw that she had the the lone goal in that last regular season game. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um. I think it's going to be Rodriguez starting at the top, definitely. And it's good that she didn't play with in that friendly, so she'll be rested. And she's just been dynamite for FC Kansas City all year. Um, yeah. uh, what, what kind of formation do you think they'll throw out, Dad? Um, I think it will be some version of the 
four two or um, I mean the four four two that they've been doing with, with not offsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, I again, it's not something you can actually tell from their practices uh, too much, unless you really get in detail watching all of them. Uh, and they've been kind of hampered this week with uh, the players being gone, so they couldn't practice those formations. Uh, I watched a little bit of their practice on Wednesday and a little bit of it today. And it was actually just kind of sidetracking from the question. I loved watching them today. They were doing um, uh, penalty kick practice, you know, because this match could go to to penalties at the end. And, you know, it's a lot of teams do that when they have games like this, you know, that has to determine a winner. But it was just enjoyable watching it. Nicole Barnhart is so experienced and gets up there. And they were, they would basically just different players would step up and take a shot and they would trade goalies between Nicole Barnhart and Sarah Keane. Sarah Keane's a quality goalie and she's young and learning and she's, she's got a potentially good future in the league at, at some point. But Nicole Barnhart is that total definition of the wily veteran. She gets up there, makes herself big and she reads you when you're running up. And I would say she goes the right direction on your shot probably 90% of the time. Maybe slight exaggeration. She goes the right way a good chunk of the time <laughs> and and gets a hand on a lot of those balls. And it was just interesting watching players and players like that you would look at as being the finesse player walk up and try to power it past her. Or the the players who would, you know, you think it would be the power ones who just kind of try to cheek it in, be cheeky and chip it in and stuff. This is, it was one of those interesting matches just getting to watch and you just got, you know, it was quick turnaround because they just step up and the next goalie steps in and they, you know, they're shooting basically every 15, 20 seconds. So it's just, you get a lot of that, a lot of that, that drama going on in a short period of time. So it was really entertaining. That didn't answer the question about the lineup though, did it? (laughs) (laughs) No, but that was entertaining nonetheless. Uh, yeah, I was um, curious about about Marlboro because uh, she went to the same high school as me, and I used to watch that girl put up like four goals a game. <laughs> she she is she has a a lot of potential. Um, the, her size and speed and ability, she just needs to kind of make that that final leap to this level. When yeah. um, like high school, she was amazing. In college, she was. Pr- Pretty damn good when she played for was it Nebraska? And then yeah, she played for Santa Clara. Yeah, she went to Santa Clara and uh, her her uh, scoring dropped off quite a bit. Yeah. And part of that's that Santa Clara played a different style. Uh, Nebraska played more of a took advantage of her size and speed and lobbed the ball forward to her. And Santa Clara played more of a possession game, I think. But when she was playing with like the U21 national team, she was racking up goals. When um, it got past that U21 team, she kind of dropped off. I think it was. Uh, I think she had like a one, might have been one really good tournament with the U23 team. But it seems like after that, she's dropped off a lot. She has that huh. capability though. And she's if um, if you ever go to their practices, you know there will almost always be at least one or two or three or four of them staying after practice and just taking shots and doing things on their own. Marlboro will be uh, 90% of the time she'll be one that stays after and, uh, you know, just takes a bag of balls, drops them out, will run up, make a turn, you know, 
dribble towards the goal, uh, high speed run towards the goal, take a shot, run back, grab a ball, do it again, go collect all the balls, all right. line them up, do it again. She's pretty dedicated, hard worker. Yeah, and it's kind of a freak athlete as well. That's just, so that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, she's just she's just got to finish it at this level, you know. And not everybody, not everybody from, goes from college to the pro level. You know, they can be amazing in college and they go to that next level and just can't quite make it. She's just got to make that little adjustment, and I think she can be a very quality forward in this league. All right. Anything? Let's see. Any, any other discussions on FCKC? You guys, you guys will both be out at the game tomorrow, I guess. Actually, that'd be fun to go. I actually have a, a foot golf tea time though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be there. Um, and Zaddy will be there, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll both be completing the uh, press box couple header. <laughs> yeah. For man. me, it's actually yeah, uh, stay, stay cool. The triple header. <laughs> For me, it's a triple header. My daughter's got a game at uh, nine, uh, so we'll go to that. <laughs> run back, change clothes, run to the FCKC game, run back, change clothes, <laughs> go to sporting game. You can you can create your own little press box at your daughter's game. <laughs> it's our first game with a new team, so I don't know if I'll break out the cameras and do the full, you know, uh, coverage of it, but. We'll, we'll see. I might I might get tempted after all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, any last words for anything? Kind of wrap the table. Just open it up to any thoughts, Cody. Um, have you guys? I'm I'm sorry. I'm still on full golf. I got excited because I started talking about it. Have do you, do you have you guys ever gone out there and played? I haven't yet. I want to though. Man, it's so much fun. I will go with you whenever. <laughs> <laughs> I have not went out there for that. I've kind of played it a long time ago. Uh, not obviously here, but um, I would like to try playing. But I don't have like the long leg anymore, so I need to. I need to do like the hair scramble kind of thing, or you know, kind of like a four-man <laughs> scramble where somebody somebody plays the ball long. I think I could still do the chipping and putting. Dude, I'm telling yeah. you, there's no way that you will be worse than the people that I've been playing with. So don't worry. Then? Um, no, no, I don't have anything. Just excited about all the stuff tomorrow. Yeah, same here. Um, it, it's a good time to be a fan in Kansas City, man. Uh, all three teams right now. Awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, thank you guys for all uh, in. Uh, and I'll talk to you later. Oh. All right. Sounds good. From the front porch, there's a party on in here. Well, it's a football night. Well, it's a football night. We can gather all our friends all around the room. It's not a bad thing to do. Well, it's a 
the face of her soul, or you just beware. We're the fight for night. We're the fight for night. We can gather all the friends all around that room that night, but I say to do. We're the fight for night. We're the fight for night. We're the final whistle blows. We're gonna celebrate tonight. We're the final whistle blows. We're gonna celebrate tonight. We're the final whistle blows. You know we're gonna feel alright. 